I want you to turn with me this morning in your copy of God's Word to Psalm 23, verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. We are in the middle of a series that we've entitled Stress free living because stress is something that each and every one of us face. But I believe the Bible teaches us that we can live stress-free. Now, I've discovered that one of the primary causes of stress in our life is fear. It seems that, that stress and fear go hand in hand. But herein is the problem. Each and every one of us have fears. We have a variety of fears. We have different kinds of fears, but, but each and every one of us have fears. Fears are unbelievably powerful. Fear penetrates our heart. It poisons our spirit. It, it paralyzes our soul. One night a mother was, was tucking her son into bed, and, and there was a terrible storm that night. The, the lightning was flashing, the, the thunder was crashing, and, and the little boy was terrified. And, and so when his mom was tucking him in, he said to his mom, Mom, can, can you stay in here with me tonight? Can you sleep in here with me tonight? And his mom smiled, and, and as she tucked him in, she gave him a little hug and said, Mom can't sleep in here with you tonight. I've got to sleep in daddy's room. And the little boy sat there for just a moment. And then he looked at his mom and said, that big sissy. (laughs) We all face fears. I heard about this little five-year-old boy named Johnny. He was in the kitchen while his mother was cooking supper one night. And his mother asked him if he would go into the pantry and get a can of soup. They had one of those pantries, a room where they had all of their food. And it was a big room and it was a dark room. And and little Johnny didn't want to. He was afraid of the dark. He didn't want to go into that room. But his mom kept on telling him, you need to go in and get mom a can of soup. And he persisted. He wasn't going to go in. And, And finally, his mom said, Johnny, you go on in there and get that can of soup. Jesus will be in there with you. So little Johnny opened the door of the pantry and he started to walk in, but he got paralyzed with fear again. And and he turned to walk away when, when he had this idea. He stuck his head into the pantry and he said, Hey, Jesus, if you're in there, bring me a can of soup. (laughs) Fears do all kinds of things to us. There's a story, a true story, about Louis Armstrong, that great trumpet player when he was a child. And he was was at home one day and and this woman asked him to go to the pond and, and get her a bucket of water. And so Louis went out to the pond and he started to dip the bucket of water into the pond. And when he did, he said he saw the biggest, meanest, ugliest eyes looking up at him from the pond. And he turned and he hauled back to the house without getting a bucket of water. And when he got back to the house, the older woman said, well, where's my bucket of water, Louis? And, and Louis said, Ms. Hallie Mae, there's a big old alligator in that pond, I can't get you a bucket of water. And Miss Hallie Mae said, Louie, that big old alligator has been in that pond for years and he ain't never bothered nobody. And chances are he's as scared of you as you are of him. Louis Armstrong looked at Miss Hallie Mae and said, Miss Hallie Mae, if that alligator is as scared of me as I am of him, that water ain't fit to drink anyway. Water or fear not only affects us emotionally and and mentally and spiritually, sometimes it affects us even 
physically. I've discovered that, that our greatest fears, the fears that we struggle with the most, however, come from life's valleys. They come from, the, from facing the valleys of life. And, and that's why our verse today is so important. Because even when we're facing the deepest, darkest valleys, even when we're, we're, we're surrounded by our most fearful times, the Bible says that our Lord is with us He's walking with us through the valleys. I want us to read this psalm together this morning. This verse is that important. I want you to get it into your mind. And and so let's read it together. You read it with me. Let's start right now. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Now, did you know in Israel there is a real valley of the shadow of death? It is a deep, narrow canyon between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And it is so deep and it is so narrow that the sun only shines to the bottom of that canyon at high noon. Because it's a dark place, it's a very dangerous place. And I imagine that as David was a teenager tending his father's sheep, there were many times that he took those sheep through the valley of the shadow of death. But the plain fact of the matter is there are plenty of valleys that you and I walk through each and every day of our life. Some of us have walked through the valley of, of a lost job. Some of us have walked through the valley of a, of a broken marriage or a relationship. Many of you have been through the valley of a rebellious child. There's the valleys of poor health, the valley of unfulfilled dreams, and, and perhaps the worst valley of all is the valley of death. And the fact of the matter is, each and every one of us, one day, someday, will face the valley of death. Exercise may add a few more heartbeats. Um, Medicine may, may give us a few more breaths. But the fact is, there is an end for each and every one of us. We're going to face the valley of death. And and we're going to face other valleys as well. You see, valleys are those dark, those difficult, those frightening times that we face in our life. So the question is, how do we handle them? And is it possible? Is it possible as we're going through the valleys of life to still remain stress-free? Well, I want you to know this morning that I believe that we can, but there are five facts I need to remember as I walk through the valley. If I want to make it through the valley stress-free, there are five facts that I need to remember. Here's the first one. Valleys are inevitable. The NIV translates the first part of this verse, even though I walk through the valley. The King James translates it the same way. But a better translation of that word though is when. You see, valleys are going to happen. So you might as well get ready for them. Valleys are going to happen to us. Chances are you've either come through a valley, you are in a valley right now, or you are headed into a valley as you sit there. 
You see, valleys are inevitable. And oftentimes, valleys happen throughout our life, one right after another. You see, every mountaintop has with it a valley. And Jesus was very realistic about this. He he didn't try to hide this from us. He didn't try to candy coat life for us. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, I've told you these things so that in me, in me, in me, you may have peace. Because in this world, you will have trouble. Did you get that? Jesus said, in me, you can find peace Because in this world, you are going to face trouble. It's not a matter of if you're going to face trouble. It's not a matter of if you go through the valleys. It's a matter of when. It's going to happen. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have discouragement in life. There's going to be times of suffering and and sorrow and sickness in this world. There's going to be times of frustration and fear and failure and fatigue. Those things are going to happen. They're a normal part of life. Don't be surprised by them. You see, valleys are inevitable. The second thing is this. Valleys are unpredictable. You can't plan for them. You can't time them. You can't schedule them. It seems like, to me at least, that valleys come always at the most unexpected times, and they usually come at the worst of times, when you don't have time for them, when you're unprepared for them, when you emotionally and physically aren't ready for them. They just happen. Wouldn't it be great? If we could schedule our valleys, the valleys that we go through. Okay, I'm ready. I'm prepared. Now bring the valley on. But that's not how it happens. They are unpredictable. They can come in the form of a phone call, a letter, a routine doctor's checkup, a freak accident. You see, valleys just happen. Here's what the Bible says. The prophet Jeremiah said, disaster follows disaster. In an instant, in an instant, my tents are destroyed. My shelter in a moment. (laughs) One minute, everything is great. Everything is wonderful. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, before I can get ready, Disaster strikes, and I am in the midst of a valley. Valleys are unpredictable. The third thing is this. Valleys are impartial. No one is immune to valleys. No one is insulated from the pain and the sorrows of life. No one gets to go through life problem-free. Everybody has problems. Good people and bad people. Christians And non-Christians. We all have problems. Problems and trials and difficulties and depression don't mean that you're a bad person. They just mean that you're a person. And so understand, when you're going through those things, it's not God looking at you saying, Okay, straighten up. I'm going to hit you. No, it just means that you're a part of the human race. The Bible is clear. There are times that good things happen to bad people. And there are also times that bad things 
happen to good people. You see, valleys are impartial. They don't care whether you're good or bad. They're just a part of life. Jesus said it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, for he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust too. You see, when we're going through the valleys of life, our first reaction is oftentimes to ask, why me? But I believe a better question we should ask is, why not me? Instead of asking, why me? Why shouldn't we ask, why not me? Do you think that that we should be exempt from all the problems in life that everybody else faces? Do you think that we should be the only one in the universe that, that never has a tragedy, never experiences a loss? You see, instead of saying, why me, when we're going through the valleys, we just need to realize these things are going to happen. Valleys are a part of being a human being. Understand, this is not heaven. It's not perfect down here. There are problems and there are difficulties. Disasters happen. Tragedies happen to all of us. They're impartial. But praise God, valleys are temporary. (laughs) Valleys always have an end. They don't last. They aren't permanent. Valleys have entrances. Valleys have exits. That's why David said, even though I walk through the valley. You see, the valley is not something you stay in your entire life. It's something that you go through. It's, It's a circumstance. It's a situation. It's a... It's a season of life. And when we're in the valley, we oftentimes think that the valley is a a dead end, but it's not. The valley is like a tunnel. As we're walking through the tunnel, eventually, eventually, we see the light. And if we keep on walking, eventually, we get out of the tunnel and we're back in the light again. Peter said it this way. He said, there is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though the going is rough for a while down here. And I want you to notice what Peter did. He admitted that sometimes life is tough. But he reminds us that it's only for a while. And he reminds us that there is joy ahead. Now to understand the joy that he's talking about is not joy on this earth. It's not joy in this world. He's talking about heaven. He tells us that there are no problems, there's no valleys, there's no dark days in heaven. And if you know the Lord, then one day you're going to be there. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He said, our troubles are short-lived and their outcome is an eternal glory which outweighs them all. Our problems, they don't last forever. And the glory we're going to face is far greater than any problem we'll ever face. You see, you need to understand that even if you live 80 or 90 years and and you have one problem after another, that's nothing, that's nothing compared to the eternity, millions and billions and trillions of years, problem-free in paradise. And that's what we've got to look for. You see, our problems are temporary. While our rewards are eternal. But finally, 
we need to see that valleys are purposeful. God has a reason for taking us through the valley or allowing us to go through the valley. Whether it's doubt or depression, despair or discouragement, defeat or death, God has a reason behind every valley. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter says this. He says that present, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials. This is no accident. It happens, why? To prove your faith. Now notice he says that that our valleys, our trials are temporary. And then he says there are all kinds of valleys. And and you and I know that. There there are financial valleys. There are relational valleys. There are emotional valleys. Our valleys come in all shapes. They come in all sizes. But notice what they do. This is important. As we're going through the valleys, these valleys prove our faith. You see, God wants to build our faith as we're going through the valleys of life. Now, in each and every one of us, we enjoy the mountaintop experiences, don't we? But it's when we're in the valleys that our faith is built. It's the valleys that prove our faith. It's the valleys that cause our faith to grow and show what we're really made of. Listen very carefully to this. Every valley has a purpose. Every valley has a purpose, even the small ones. Even those valleys that we think are only irritations. God uses them to prove our faith and to to build our character. He uses them to change us and mature us. Every valley has a purpose. And our faith is built in the valleys of life. Now, I don't believe that this means that God causes every valley. But he certainly uses every valley to bring about his ultimate plan of building our faith and creating in us a Christ-like spirit. Now that brings me to the second key to stress-free living in the valley, and that is this. What I need to do when I'm walking through the valleys. And you see, David gives us three things that we need to do As we're facing these valleys in life. The first thing he says that I need to do is I need to refuse to be afraid. I refuse to be afraid. Listen very carefully. Valleys will come. And when they do, you can't go around them. You can't go under them. You can't go over them. The only thing that you can do is go through them. And it's in the valley that David says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Now that word will implies a choice. It it implies a decision. I will not be afraid. Now listen very carefully for just a moment. If you were afraid this morning, it's because you are choosing to be afraid. I don't know what your problem is, I don't know what your difficulty may be. I don't know what valley you're going through. But what I do know is this. Fear is a choice. Now, not the immediate emotion that overwhelms us. We can't do anything about the immediate emotion. But what we can do something about is the lingering effect. I cannot stop a momentary emotion 
from overwhelming me. But what I can do is choose to do something with that emotion. You see, I don't have to choose to be afraid. If you're here this morning and you're fearful, it's because you are choosing fearful thoughts. If you're here this morning and you're fearful, it's because you are choosing to focus on the negative. And that's a choice. And you need to choose to change. And that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to choose. It's a deliberate act. Now, how do I do that? How do I choose not to be afraid? Here's how. Write this down. By focusing on God's power rather than my problem. The way that I, as a Christ follower, the way I, as a sheep who belongs to the good shepherd, can live my life choosing not to be afraid is by focusing on the power of my Savior rather rather than on the problem I face. That's how you live without fear. You can take two people, put them in identical situations, a tragedy, a, a crisis, and one of them will be blown away by that situation and the other one will actually be strengthened by it. One of them falls apart in it. The other is strengthened through it. And the only difference, hear me, the only difference is their focus. What they're focusing on. You see, you don't need to focus on your circumstance. You need to focus on Christ. You you don't focus on the situation. You focus on the Savior. You don't focus on your problem. You focus on God's power. Now listen to what Joshua said as he was preparing to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. He said, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Make the choice. Refuse to be afraid. But that brings me to the second thing. Remember that God is with me. Even as I'm walking through the valley, even the valley of the shadow of death. David said, you are with me. Now, I want you to notice something. At verse 4 of Psalm 23, there is a strategic change in the language. Up until this point, David is speaking in the third person. David talks about God. He says, he leads me beside still waters. He guides me to green pastures. He restores my soul. But then he gets in the valley. And as David gets in the valley, he changes to the second person pronoun and he starts talking to God. You are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You see, it's in the valleys that we are face to face with God. When I'm going through the valley, I don't want to talk about God. I want to talk to God. Amen? And you see, for us to be able to talk to God in the valley, we need to know God. It's in the valleys that our religion truly shows whether it's a relationship or not. Any mature believer will tell you that the times that they were closest to God were those face-to-face encounters that happen only in the valley. When you're in the valley, when you're tired, when you're afraid, when you're perplexed when you're in despair and you're talking directly to God and he becomes real 
And God puts his arms around you. And he says, I am with you. You're not by yourself. You see, we enjoy the mountaintops. But we come face to face with God in the valleys. He will never be closer than when we're in the valley. I I love the promise that we read about in Isaiah. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 43 too. When you go through deep waters and great troubles, I will be with you. Can I, can I read that phrase again? When you go through deep waters and great troubles, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Why? Because I am with you. The Lord doesn't travel with us during the fun times, during the good times, and leave us during the difficulties. He is with us every step of the way. Refuse to be afraid. Remember, God is with us. And then there's a third thing that David says, and that's this. Rely on God's protection and guidance. Look what David said next. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod and the staff were the basic tools that a shepherd used to protect and to guide the sheep. A rod was about two feet long, and and at the end of it was a heavy knot. and, And oftentimes, they would take pieces of metal and they would put it in that knot on the end of that piece of wood and and they could hurl a good shepherd could literally hurl that rod like a missile at a predator that was coming to get the sheep and and so when a bear would come when a wolf would come when when anything would come that shepherd could hurl that that rod like a missile and and kill and kill that predator you see the rod of god will protect you When you're going through the valley, the dark valleys of life, God is not sitting in heaven unaware. He's not sitting in heaven unconcerned. The good shepherd, hear me, the good shepherd is fighting for you. While you're fighting for your life in depression, God is fighting with you. He's fighting off spiritual forces. He is your defender and protector. And that's what the rod represents. You're never alone in this battle. You may not see him. There are times that you may not even sense him, but understand he is fighting the good fight for you and with you as you're fighting through the valleys of life. And then there was the staff. And the staff was a long stick that I crook on the end of it. And the shepherd used the staff to guide the sheep and comfort the sheep. He would use the staff to draw the sheep close to him. He would use the staff to to lift up the sheep when they were down. He would use the staff to bring them in close to him. And he would use the staff to guide them. When you go through the valley, you're not going through alone. You're going through with a shepherd that uses his rod and uses his staff to guide you and protect you. Now I want to close with one more truth that I think is extremely important. You see, when we go through the valley of life, what I've discovered is the scary part are the shadows. You see, it's in the darkness that we see the shadows. The shadows on the wall, the shadows behind us, the shadows all around us. And and as David was walking through that canyon of the valley of the shadow of death, because the sun 
was way up high, what you would see were the shadows. And David said, when I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice, he didn't say, when I walked through the valley of death. He said, when I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, one day, someday, a shadow is going to fall upon your life. You can count on it. It's coming. You will experience one of those shadow moments one day. And when those times come, when the shadows hit you, there are several things you need to remember. First of all, you need to remember that shadows are always bigger than reality. Aren't they? Isn't that the way it is? And fear is always greater than the actual problem. It's the fear that is enormous. Just as the shadow is bigger than the adversary, our fear is greater than the problem. Second, you need to understand that shadows can't hurt you. The shadow of a dog can't bite you. The shadow of a gun can't shoot you. The shadow of a knife can't stab you. The shadow of a car can't run over you. And the shadow of death can't destroy you. Have you ever been run over by a shadow? There's a big difference between being run over by a shadow of a truck and being run over by a truck itself. You see, shadows are images without substance. They can't hurt. They can scare us. They can frighten us, but they can't hurt us. They're only shadows. Dr. Donald Barnhouse, a great preacher of the past, told on occasion of his first wife's death, he and his children were were coming home from the graveside, the burial, and they were all overcome with grief. And, and he was searching for words to try to comfort his children. And as they were driving home, there was this large moving van that drove by. And as, as it did, the shadow of the moving van went over them. And it was at that point that Donald Barnhouse thought. And he said to his children, Children, which would you rather be run over by? The shadow of this van... Or this van. And his children said, Daddy, of course we would rather be run over by the shadow. And then Donald Barnhouse proceeded to say, Did you know that 2,000 years ago, the truck of death ran over Jesus. So that only the shadow of death will run over us. Understand, shadows can't hurt you, even the shadow of death. And then a third thing. Where there is a shadow, there is always light somewhere. When you're going through a dark valley, when you think the sun has stopped shining, that you you think God is dead, that you're all alone, you can't see anything but total darkness. Understand, anytime there is a shadow, it means that light is somewhere. And if you want to make it through the darkness and the shadows of life, what you have to do is you have to turn your back on the shadow, and when you turn your back on the shadow, you see the light. You see, you don't focus on the shadows that you're facing. You focus on the light. I love that old song that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Don't look at the shadows. When you're walking through the valley, look up. At the light. In Psalm 34, it says this The good man does not escape all troubles. That's for sure, isn't it? 
None of us escape all troubles. We're going to face troubles. We're going to go through valleys. But the Lord helps him in each and every one. Listen, we will have valleys. Just because you're a Christian, just because you love Jesus doesn't mean that you're immune to the hurts and the problems and the pains of life. But there's a big difference. There's a difference between the believer and the non-believer as they go through the valleys of life. Because you see, as we go through the valley of life, we have the presence of the shepherd. And we know in the presence of the shepherd, we don't have to be afraid of the shadows. Now, as we began this series, we we talked about the key. The key to all of this, this stress-free living, was the relationship. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, the key to stress-free living is the relationship. The key to overcoming the fears as we're walking through the valleys of life is the relationship. That's why one person goes through the valley and comes out victorious. The other person goes through the valley and they come through overcome, overwhelmed. One has the relationship. One doesn't. It's that simple. Listen. You're going to face valleys. They're going to come. Some of them are going to be relatively shallow. Others of them are going to be immensely deep and dark. And maybe even dangerous. They're going to come. There are going to be some valleys that have the potential to overwhelm you and, listen, even destroy you. Listen, they're coming for every one of us. I'm going to face valleys. You're going to face valleys. The question is, when the valley comes, what's going to happen? Where are you going to look? Are you going to look at the shadows and be overwhelmed? Or are you going to recognize they're just shadows, look at the Savior and be victorious? Can we be stress-free in the midst of valleys? Can we be stress-free when we lose a job, when our marriage Go south when a relationship breaks up, when, when we get that bad doctor's report. Can we be stress-free even in the face of death, the death of someone we love? I believe with all my heart we can. But the key is having the Lord as your shepherd. And as you do, Even when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not going to fear. And you know why? Because he's right there with you. And his rod and his staff protecting you and guiding you comfort you like nothing else can. So do you have that relationship with the shepherd? 
This isn't a motivational message. This isn't a feel-good message. This is the truth of God's Word. God can help you as you go through the valleys. But you've got to refuse to be afraid. You've got to remember that He's with you every step of the way. And you've got to let Him comfort you because He's there to protect you, fight with you, and guide you to the end of the valley. Would you bow your head with me? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, my, my invitation has two parts this morning. If you're here and, and you're walking through the valleys right now and you're a believer, I want to encourage you. Make the decision. Don't be afraid. Remember, God is with you every step of the way and he's fighting for you. And he's going to guide you right out of the valley. Don't let the valley overwhelm you. Now, if you're here and you're going through the valley and, and you're not a believer, I'm here to tell you that that valley is going to overwhelm you. And you can have the power of positive thinking. And you can do all kind of other things with your mind. But the only way that you're going to make it through the valley without letting stress overwhelm you, is through knowing the shepherd. And so if you're here and you don't know him, you've never given your life to him, his name, the name of the shepherd is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. The shepherd came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to pay for our sins, rose from the grave, defeating sin and death so that you and I could have a relationship with him. And if you're here and you've never surrendered your life to him and trusted him to save you, I want you this morning, right here, right now, to give your life to him. You can do that by praying this simple prayer with all your heart. Dear Jesus, I know that I need you. I know I can't make it through the valleys of life apart from you. I know even when I'm on the mountaintops, life will not be good like it's intended to be without you. I need you in my life as the good shepherd. I know I've strayed away from you. Forgive me. I know you love me. You died for me to show that to me. You defeated sin and death by being resurrected from the grave. This morning, I'm trusting you to save me. I'm giving my life to you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Take control. From this moment on, Jesus, I'm going to live for you. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for saving me. Amen.